Hello there. Thanks for joining me today for the podcast, Health. Today we're going to talk about health, particularly in people as they grow a little older. And how is health affected by different aspects in our life? Now, in recent uh, weeks, I've done a little mini-series on the psychology of religion. We've looked at the idea of prayer and why people pray and how it affects them and and what a general benefit prayer has for individuals and how they do this in a beneficial way. And we looked at other aspects of uh, religion. Church attendance was one of those and so on. And um, today I'd like to just bring to your attention a research study that was conducted uh, not too long ago by professors at the Vanderbilt University in the southeast. The study was published in um, May of 2017 related to church attendance. And the general finding was this, that the people who attend church live longer lives. Now what they did was to take people who attend church in the ages of 40 to 65 years of age and uh, looked at whether they attend church once weekly. And what they found is that if, if people attend church regularly, that's once weekly, there is a mortality rate of 55%, you know, compared uh, to people who do not attend church, which is much higher than that. So in other words, attending church um, lowered, if I can put it this way, Attending church lowered your mortality rate compared to people who do not attend church. In other words, people who attend church are going to live longer. And we also found that they live a much more beneficial life. They have much lower levels of stress if they attend church. And have a higher level, I'm sorry, have a lower level of blood pressure, have a lower heart rate, have lower body mass index. In other words, church attendance was very positive relative to health. And uh, But if you didn't attend church, your mortality rate was considerably higher because probably you're isolating yourself. People who are not attending church probably are not just because they're not religious or they don't have a spiritual sense, but because they prefer to isolate, they prefer, they prefer to be alone, and they prefer to, they prefer to just uh, spend uh, quiet time on Sunday rather than social time if you will. Now, that study was backed up again by a study from Harvard University in the public health department, and uh, they found also a high correlation between church attendance and longer living. And there was a much less risk or less likelihood of divorce among people who attended church. And people who attended church were less likely to be depressed so in other words, when Harvard did their study of some 75,000 women in 1996 through 2012, church attendance was a very positive influence on their general health. Living longer, less divorce, less likely to be depressed. In the same way that Vanderbilt found that if you attend church, you have a much more likelihood of living longer and surviving difficult times in your life. And your general health would be better 
blood pressure would be better, heart rate would be better, and body mass, you know, would certainly be better. So church attendance wins the day, if you will. And I see it not only from the point of view of kind of a spiritual experience that is attending church, but also a social experience. It brings you into a social support system. It makes you talk. It makes you think. It makes you interact. It makes you reflect. It makes you relax. It brings about the good things that are part of good health. And uh, so church is a healthy uh, activity. Even if you don't appreciate all the spirituality of it, church attendance and participation in the church activities that they have during the day or during the week are to your advantage in all these ways of general health. So don't overlook it. Don't play it down. And you might even like the spiritual aspects of it as well. Who knows? You might. Once, once you get into a church kind of an environment, you get into a church feeling of being a participant in what's going on. So just make sure that you add church to your lifestyle, to your daily schedule. Okay? Now, another study was done, which is a very interesting one, related to strokes. And this study uh, was um, a very important study because it says this. The, the basic uh, finding that if you have a stroke, you're more likely to survive that stroke and the effects are going to be less pronounced if you have a social system in place in your life. You are not socially isolated. You're not socially isolated. You're part of a social network. You're part of a cohesive group in your neighborhood. In fact, they even found the measure that if you increase your social cohesion, that is your friendliness with your neighbors, your contacts with your neighbors, your belonging in a neighborhood and recognized by your neighbors and your talk to your neighbors and that kind of thing. If you have an increase in the cohesiveness of your neighborhood, you have a significant decrease in depression and in the likelihood of having a stroke. So, strokes are not just something that happens to us on a physical basis. Strokes are influenced by our social system. And if you're going to isolate, you're going to remove yourself from your neighbors, you're going to remove yourself from your extended family, you're asking for trouble. You're asking for health troubles. Okay? So don't, don't do that. Uh, this study was conducted with about 6,000 people. Average age was about 75 uh, years of age. So what they really wanted to find out is, do you live in a neighborhood where you trust your neighbors, you in contact with your neighbors, you support your neighbors, you talk, you relate to each other, you get together periodically over the course of time? And they found that of those people who have a cohesive family, a cohesive neighborhood, have fewer strokes and then the fewer side effects of those strokes. So again, social contact. Whether you go to church for it or you have it in your neighborhood, it's the social contact that is extremely important to you. Now, another study that uh, comes out along this line was this. You know, we always have found that if you have uh, stress in your life, it's going to have an adverse effect on you. But in this particular study, uh, issued in the Health Psychology Journal, 
they found that not only does the stress on upon a person's life affect them individually, but affects the couple together, you know, as, as one. So they took couples that were in the ages of 76 to 90. And what they found is that when the stress level was up and it has an ill effect upon the husband, the wife also suffers ill effect. Or if the ill effect was on the wife, the husband will also suffer an ill effect. Maybe not to the same degree, but there will be that ill effect. Depression was one of the things that they measured. So if the spouse becomes depressed, so will the other spouse. So what they found is that stress and negative, negative experiences in a person's life affects them individually, but it also affects them as a couple. They're one, and they operate as one. And so it's not just one that we see in certain situations, such as childbirth, but also we see one operating in terms of the general level of health. What affects one affects the other. So a couple is very interdependent on each other and have that kind of influence on each other. Now, one last study I'd like to bring to your attention is this, published in the Journal of uh, International Neuropsychology. And uh, what they found is on the average, it was over a course of five years, those who were more socially active reduced the rates of cognitive decline. Now, this is a study that was done with a 1,000 participants in the ages of around 80. So what they found is that if, if you have a uh, social inactivity, if you are not functioning socially, if you are avoiding social contact, if you're isolating, if you're removing yourself, if you're not visiting with relatives, if you're not going to the bingo games that are available, you know, if you're not going to sport events, if you're not attending religious services, if you're not going to the senior citizen club, you know, if you're not taking a walk around the block and talking to neighbors, in other words, if you're isolating yourself, you have a f great chance of having cognitive decline in the same way that they found in the research, you have a great chance of having a stroke if you are in social isolation, you say? So don't choose social isolation. Choose social involvement. That's the key to good health, good living, but long living as well as happy living. It's a very, very important part of your life. We don't want cognitive decline. We don't want you to develop dementia and Alzheimer's when you don't have to. You don't, they're not necessarily preventable, but you certainly can have a slower onset of Alzheimer's or decline. In other words, you can live a healthier life longer. And you may not have a dementia as serious or as pronounced or profound. Or Alzheimer's will not be as profound. So you see, social contact, social involvement appears to be a fundamental foundational stone to our lifestyle, how long we live, to our lifestyle, how healthy we live, to our lifestyle, how involved we are, and how happy we are, and how healthy our life is in, in terms of our brain and in terms of our heart. So keep yourself involved. Stop this isolation. Make yourself get up and go. Make yourself make that call. Make yourself 
involved and welcome in the life of your extended family. Go to a bingo game and participate. <laughs> They're all over the community in which you live. Go to a church service. Go to a concert. So what if you don't like the music, but like the people? Just go. Get out of that hut where you're isolated. Get out of that mode of isolation, that type of thinking that you need to be quiet, you need to have uh, aloneness and quiet time. No, you don't. If you want to die early, you do. That's true. If you want to live unhealthy, yeah, go and isolate yourself. It's almost like that's the way in which you can determine whether you're going to live a healthy life or an unhealthy life, whether you're going to live longer or shorter, whether you're going to live with cognitive decline at the end of your life or you're going to have cognitive aliveness and alertness and uh, acuity. Okay, this has been the Psychology Report. Glad that you joined me today, and I hope this is challenging to you. Whether you're age 30 or 50 or 60 or 80, it, the, the truth is the same. We see it in a pronounced way as we increase in our age, but it starts when we're younger. So don't start an isolation lifestyle. Start a social involvement lifestyle early in your life, and then maintain that throughout your life. Can't say it more strongly. That's where life is, and that's where life will end. Whether you're going to end in a depression, in a cognitive decline, and in poor health, in sadness, or you're going to live up to the point of death on a happier note, on a more positive note, on a more energized note, and a more mentally acute and awareness note. So it's kind of like your choice. So let's do the right thing, okay? Let's do the right thing. Okay, now get up and do something. Go somewhere. Call somebody. Make a social contact in the next one hour of your life. Make a social contact, okay? Reduce your isolation in the next hour of your life. Okay? Bye for now, and uh, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Go to my website, booksbyhedberg.com. Great book there on healthcare. Achieving and living a healthy lifestyle in a world of stress. Get it and read it, okay? Bye for now.